Welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast, a show discussing what is going on with the greatest dynasty in sports, the Oklahoma State Cowboys Wrestling Program. I'm your host, Lee Cothran, and today we've got our second guest of the show coming on, Hardell Moore, to talk about what he's been up to with the Oklahoma Wrestling Academy, uh, discuss his stance on Oklahoma State, what it means to him to be a Pope, uh, what it's done for his life. It's a, it's a really exciting interview and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing it with y'all uh, some housekeeping items um, for the off season we're going to be doing interviews so uh, talking to anybody and everybody that has been touched by oklahoma state wrestling and is uh, a part of the program and a uh, part of the fraternity so uh, we're going to do episodes every other week until it's time to start talking about uh, oklahoma state wrestling 2023-2024 season so that's going to be here before we know it um also just a, a personal announcement um I, my wife and i are expecting our uh, first child here in uh, september so really excited for that um, but that also means that uh, some of the things that i was excited about for next year uh, will probably still be remote so probably won't be spending too much time uh, going to Stillwater and and uh, being involved intimately in the events and the things that are going on with Oklahoma State Wrestling, but uh, we'll still be observing from afar and we'll still definitely be bringing y'all the uh, news and, and information and everything that y'all have come to expect from me when it comes to OSU. So um, exciting stuff here. Uh, for me personally, um, but really exciting things still coming down the pipe with uh, Oklahoma State Wrestling with the Cowboy RTC, Cowboy Wrestling Club. Um, so we'll announce what we can announce uh, as that all comes to fruition. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy this interview with Hardell Moore. Dynasty Defined fans, thanks so much for joining us again. We've got Hardell Moore on the podcast this week. Um, he's going to be talking to us about uh, some of the different things that he's experienced from Oklahoma State, uh, from the Oklahoma Wrestling Academy. Uh, he's a two-time All-American, 1998 NCAA finalist, uh, two-time Big 12 champion. Uh, he posted 101 and 30 record in college, so member of the elusive 100 Wins Club. Uh, he was a two-time state champion at Coweta High School. Um, the 2016 Gallagher, Gallagher Award of Recipient, uh, 2021 National Freestyle Developmental Coach of the Year. And this year, in 2022, he was inducted into the Oklahoma chapter of the National, National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, Hardell, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me, Lee. I appreciate it, man. Awesome. So listening to some of the interviews you've done in the past, you said your first day of practice, you came into the Oklahoma state wrestling room and uh, you took on John and Pat Smith. Uh, can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say I took them on. It was more <laughs> of a, a brutal beat down. Um, yeah. So my first official day of wrestling practice was with uh, coach Smith and Pat. Uh, now, even before that, I had a chance to uh, wrestle with coach Perry. And uh, that was a brutal experience as well. Um, a lot of mat wrestling. And at that point in time, I weighed about 182, 185 pounds. And Coach Perry probably weighed 140 or so. But I think he rode me for a good 30 minutes. So that was a that was a good introduction as well. But as far as the first official practice, it was with Coach Smith and Pat. And, you know, I, did, I scored escapes, if that's what you want to say. I scored escapes or they let me go. Let me rephrase that. They let me go. Um, so there was zero takedowns. Um, for me during that whole, oh, what was that practice? An hour and a half, two hours. We probably wrestled a good hour of that. Um, yeah, no points scored for me there. And then after that, I had to go lift weights with uh, Coach Perry for another hour. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an awakening. Um, it taught me a lot. Um, and that was my first taste of what college wrestling is and how I need to be prepared mentally and physically to, to take on that competition. And through that redshirt year, is that it was that a redshirt year that you took? Yeah, that was my redshirt year. You know, and in all due respect, man, there was no place to hide in that room. Um, 
Now I'm just specifically talking about my weight uh, area, even down at the lower weights, there was no place to hide, but you know, my workout partners on a consistent basis was Alan Freed, Mark Branch, JJ McGrew and Pat. So, you know, those are just four people right there. And from time to time, coach Smith may hop in a group as well. So, you know, anybody from basically 142 pounds at that point in time, all the way to 177, 190 pounds, I was wrestling. Wow. A lot of national champs in that group, huh? A lot of national champs in that group, a lot of studs in that group, a lot of great dudes in that group, you know? So, uh, you know, there was nowhere to hide, right? You know, you had to get out there and you want, you're there for a reason. You're there to get your good, good education and uh, get better, right? And I had to, I had to do that. I was the fresh fish coming from Kuwaita High School and highly recruited guy, but you get into that room and you're going to take some lumps and bumps and bruises and things like that. But it made me the wrestler that I am today or used to be no longer wrestling, but it definitely made me the person that I am today and instilled some good core values into, you know, and college wrestling is hard. I don't care what level um, you're on. College wrestling is flat out hard. And that, uh, that was a great introduction for me because I've never seen and been around that type of individuals on a consistent basis, day in, day out, almost 365 consistently, you know, for a good two, three, four, five years. That's amazing. I mean, so tell me about the mindset then you, you know, big fish coming out of high school, you're the top guy in your high school room, obviously, but one of the top guys in the country, uh, you didn't lose very much. And then you got rode for 30 minutes and <laughs> you know, you're, you're just like, how do I overcome? Like, how did you overcome that? Yeah, you know, it's just and a lot of it also has to do with your upbringing or my upbringing and my mental state going into it. I knew I was going to have some ups and downs, right? And coming in as a as a, as a freshman, you're going to have you're going to have some downs, right? And they brought you in there to test your mental toughness. Not anything they had to say to me. I just took that responsibility upon myself, right? And when I finally got to the point where I was able to score in that room consistently, you know, your confidence starts rising. You know, I belong, I belong. And then when you're battling these guys, such as all those guys I just mentioned, they want you to wrestle. That's why they pick you as a partner. They don't want you to, to cower down or anything like that. They want the best out of you so they can get the best out of themselves because they know eventually you're going to help them somewhere down the line in that starting lineup. Now, obviously for Pat, he was gone. He was going to be leaving after his senior year, but I knew I was going to be filling his shoes and he knew I was going to be filling that 158 pound spot. So he wanted to get me prepared as good as he could. Right. Same thing with Branch and JJ and Freed and Gittins and all those guys that was around that weight that I had to wrestle. So your mindset's got to be on point. But the biggest thing is when you get knocked down, get your butt off, get your butt up, dust yourself off and get back after. Because I even tell my wrestling kids now today. Nobody's going to feel pity for you. They're not going to feel pity for you, right? If you start feeling pity for yourself and pouting and moaning, they're just going to find somebody else to replace you. So you better step up to the plate and get some things done. Definitely. And you did take that spot uh, your your freshman year after the red shirt mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. um, we're in it. So you were competing from then. What uh, would you say that all that preparation, all that hard you know, butt kicking that took place there for the year prior, did that help put you into a position where you were going to go out and compete for big 12 and national titles? Yeah, it definitely helped me a lot, you know, and, um, you know, we always say in wrestling that wrestling's a marathon, not a sprint, you know, and I had some peaks and valleys as a freshman, had some more peaks and valleys as a sophomore, started getting a little bit more consistency there and definitely started getting consistency my junior and senior year. Um, but you look back, like I said, I can still remember, you know, that was the first question you led with is that first practice. I remember that like it was yesterday. I was 18 years old. I'm 46 now. So, you know, that memory is still there about it. But uh, yeah, it did teach me a lot. And I, I tried to pass that on to the kids that I coach today as well. Right. Because you want them to know that there's going to be some downtimes in the sport. It's not going to go your way every time. But the mental toughness you got to fight through that, right? You got to fight through that. And that's, that's what I did. And I think that's what a lot of these other young men and women are out here doing now, especially in this sport. 
Definitely. So you can probably relate a little bit to some of the guys who you coached who are in the room there in Stillwater now where it is a marathon and, and not a sprint yeah. for uh, your Dustin plot is probably a good example. Highly touted uh, came in. I know the expectations were high from the fans and um, he's in his second year wrestling now. Um, mm-hmm. Do you still take, stay in contact with those guys? Yeah, man, I'm still, I mean, I'm, I'm extremely tight with the program, right? You know, Coach Smith has always allowed the doors open for all former wrestlers that come in. And obviously, I know the coaching staff very well. Uh, uh, you know, I got a few guys on this squad that that I know very well that have come out of uh, OWA as well. So it's, it's staying connected to the program. And that's one thing O-State has done as far as wrestling-wise. And you see more and more of it in any other the sports that are at Oklahoma State. It's a family, man. And us O-State wrestlers, we are everywhere. And, you know, I want the best for the Oklahoma State program. I, you know, obviously, you know, I went to school there. I paid my dues there. I blood, sweat, and tears and everything in that room um, under Coach Smith. So you want the best with those guys. And it's just a simple text message. I always tell my guys that are off in college, wherever they're at, that, you know, I'm always in their corner, even when I'm not in their corner. So I just like to send them just simple text messages. Good luck on, good luck on the duel. Good luck this weekend you know, whatever the case may be. And just, I enjoy watching them compete. And I, I really enjoy watching them still have a love and a passion for the sport, you know, that they had when they were four, five, six years of age, you know, with the deep plots and Gofellers, obviously at O-State group was there and some other ones that we've talked about too. But, you know, we got some other ones that are UCO, OU, Gardner-Webb that are qualifying for the NCAA tournament as well. And it's just, it's just fun to watch that. It's fun to watch that stuff. You know, we had, we had a couple that, you know, qualified for the NAIs with the OCU. So we just, we, we've been blessed. We've been blessed to watch these young men and young women continue to grow up. Yeah. So you said this, um, and, and it's funny, or it's interesting, not necessarily funny, but it's interesting. Derek Fix said this as well, and I've heard it a few other times. Y- y'all come from a place of love in your coaching. Is that something mm-hmm. that, um, <laughs> this might sound strange, but is this something that you learned from Coach Smith or from other coaches that you've had? How, where, how'd you get to that point where you, uh, well, I, based on love? I, I think with with me now, I'm just talking about myself personally. I deal with a lot of youth, right? So I'm dealing with kids that are anywhere from the ages of four years of age to, you know, 15, 16, 17 years of age. And especially those four to four to 10, four to 12 year old kids. So you definitely have to come with them a little bit different. Right. And I had to take a step back when I first started coaching and realize that, you know, these kids don't wrestle like me. They don't have the athletic athletic ability I do as of now, right? They're still learning how to walk and chew gum at the same time. And the more you're in it, you just want your athletes to go out and leave it all out there. They're going to win some and they're going to lose some. We know that, right? There's been one person that's went through four years of college undefeated. You know what I'm saying? You know, and there's, there's been, there's been more that's, haven't had maybe over three, four, five victories, but they, they've still lost, right? But I guarantee you, out of each and every one of those wrestlers that have took those defeats, they gave everything they had. And that's all you can ask for as a coach. That's all you can ask for from your athlete as a wrestler and even as a parent, like I said, more importantly, on the youth level, as a parent, as your athlete, your kiddo to go out there and wrestle with great attitude and great effort. That's the thing I really try to preach. And kind of to Derek's point, talking about coaching with love, you got to love on these kids, man. You know, it's wrestling. It's wrestling. It's not the end of the world. It is wrestling, right? I want these. I tell them, I'm not teaching you for next year or two years down the line. I'm teaching you for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years down the line when you become a grown man and or a grown woman and you have learned life lessons through this sport. That's what I'm teaching you for. Be a good person, no doubt. Definitely. That's awesome. So how has wrestling and, and OSU wrestling in particular shaped your success? Because you coach part-time, right? The, the rest of the time you have a day job, and you're obviously successful at it. You wouldn't give back if you didn't, if you weren't, right? So right. Uh, how has wrestling shaped your success? Well, it's almost, you know, with OWA, it's actually, it's a, it's a nonprofit. It's, I mean, it's a nonprofit 501c3. So, um, 
I we collect, we have all volunteers. That's that's the beautiful thing about it. That's something that's a little bit unique and obviously different is that everybody's volunteering their time. Sometimes I may feel time feel like that is a <laughs> full time job, but it's more than just rest. Right, right. My wife actually, you know, she greatly understands that that it's more than just rest. You see the difference in, in these, but. Coming from Oklahoma State and the structure and the technique and the drill and the mindset, you know, has a lot to do with the way I form my practices now and some of the things that I tell my athletes. And obviously, wrestling has evolved so much, even from when I was in college to where it is now, to where, you know, I got some of these younger kids. I'm teaching them stuff that I didn't really learn until college. But, you know, obviously, now you got Internet and social media stuff where they can just sit down, click it on YouTube and get a chance to watch it. But, uh, you know, that mindset and, and how you kind of go about your coaching perspective, definitely a lot of that does have to base with Oklahoma State University. Awesome. So kind of segueing off of that, what are the biggest changes that you've seen in the sport over the past 20 years? Well, I think just number one, one, we're, we, have, we have more folks wrestling. Right. And then obviously with the addition of women's wrestling that is continuing to grow, um, whether it's nationwide and or definitely here in the state of Oklahoma, um, continuing to grow there uh, is another thing. And just uh, a lot of these uh, different techniques that we're teaching in in practice. Right. Sparring. uh, We didn't necessarily call it sparring back in the day. It was more of a a good hard drill or everybody used play wrestling. But now there's a label to it. There's a name to it and different things like that. Scrambling. Right. Um, I got some kids right now that are D2, D3, D4 that can scramble their tails off. You know what I'm saying? And you're just used to seeing that on a higher level of maybe high school and or college. But, you know, you got to teach these kids that stuff. Now, leg writing is another big thing that's kind of changed the game with some of these younger ones that are getting a little bit older. Um, Obviously, your basic fundamentals and your basic techniques are still there. Right. Good position, good defense, good hand fighting, stuff like that. But you want to instill that into them. Another thing we've been trying to do a lot more in our academy is mat wrestling, right? Being good on the mat. Uh, when I was coming in, uh, it was more of a take down, let them up game. But and I struggled my first couple of years in college uh, down on the mat. You know, not getting enough mat time and learning how to ride, learning how to become a pinner. You know, different things like that. You know, obviously on the youth level, it's still three near fall, but. You start getting to college, you get four near fall, man. You get to take down a couple of turns. Woo-wee, that's going to be hard to come back from. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So that mat wrestling has become a big aspect of it as well. And then, you know, with everything that these kids have the advantages just to look at right in the comfort of their home with the social media, with the flows and, and podcasts like this and the many other podcasts out there that they can – coaches and or parents can get knowledge from so it's definitely evolving and you know you got to keep up with that because if you don't you'll you'll get lost don't be afraid to keep learning that's for sure 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 so then how do you send kids home and, and tell them you know hey go check out this per this particular wrestler this you know knowledge base do you send that with kids or with parents it's or? It's, it's, you got to be careful on that just because you may get a, once again, I'm dealing with the youth. So you may get a first year kid that's trying to watch what, uh, I don't know, Yanni D or D plot or Gafello or Mastro Giovanni or whatever, whoever you want to throw out there, mm-hmm. uh, something that they're doing that they've, they've developed that skill and they've taken many, many, many reps in that skill. And you got a five, six year old kid that can't get in a stance right now. Sure, sure. So, so obviously that kid don't need to, need to be <laughs> trying to say, man, what is, what is that? What is that, that 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 person's doing right there? Right. You know, so it's a process of it. Um, and you got to take your time with it. And I do a lot of teaching to my kids, but I do a lot of teaching to the parents as well, especially the newer parents that are just getting started with the sport that may have a little bit of experience with it or none or, and even a whole lot of experience with it because coaching your child is, it's different. It's a total different level. It's a total different stress level for some of these folks. So you pick and choose kind of who you do that with. And you, I like to wait till they get just a little bit older. They're going to watch it. They can still sit down and watch it. But, you know, if I get a novice kid asking me about, you know, all this other stuff scrambling, man, 
Let's just stay off your back right now. You're not comfortable <laughs> in that position right now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, num- number one, uh, number one technique, right? Stay off your back. Yes, stay off your back. <laughs> what um, What are some things that you're trying to learn or or develop in maybe some of these guys protecting themselves a, a bit better? Some of these kids, guys and girls, uh, protecting themselves a little bit better from these scramble positions where you get into some compromised positions. Yeah. Right? Is that top of mind. That- well, you know, I always try to tell them, hey, sprawl first. <laughs> sure. Sprawl first. You know, I did mention um, at, at, at the Big 12s, man, you know, and that's another thing that evolved. A lot of these guys are so comfortable with other guys getting in on their legs, with their opponents getting on their legs. And that's how I say wrestling has changed so much. Um, you know, you're, you're sprawling. There's more scrambles now. People will allow you to get in on their legs to create a scramble. Sometimes some folks, that's their offense is getting into that scramble. You know, and if it works for them, great. You know, that's their style. But everybody is not going to be able to wrestle like that, right? Everybody's not going to be able to wrestle like that. So I try to hit them with the old, what we call our baseline defense, head, hands, defense, sprawl, get your hips back. Now, if our hips happen to get up and we start getting into a scramble, okay, let's talk about how we get out of that. And that's where the sparring comes into play. That's where our scramble drills come into play, where it's a slow down pace, and they can take their time figuring that part out. And sometimes they just have to improvise, right? They see a foot, they grab it. They see a hand, grab it. Take it this way, take it that way, right? So it's just kind of, it's almost kind of like trying to put a puzzle together. That's yeah. basically what it is sometimes in a scramble situation. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's that's great stuff. I mean, that's kind of part of the sport, I guess, is, is just trying to yeah. um, defend in a way that's creative enough where you still don't get hurt and you... Uh, you know, manage to put yourself in an advantageous position or get out of a disadvantageous one, right? Exactly. Um, kind of pivoting to um, development in the state and sending some of these guys to college. Um, a lot of kids you've coached have obviously gone on to Oklahoma State and uh, several more are increasingly here over the last or the next couple of years more going to Oklahoma. How important is that to your job in the state and to getting more kids involved and making sure that both OSU and OU are sitting atop the sport? Yeah, man, it's, it's fun to watch. You know, it's just, you know, I, I'm just glad to be a small part of it, right? Our whole mindset at OWA is to help develop the state of Oklahoma. We don't have a preference where these kids go to school, right? I mean, majority of folks may know where I went to school, but we got kids that have gone out of state, in state, not O state, not OU. They've gone to UCO. They've gone to NEO, whatever the case may be, OC, whatever the case may be, right? Um, we just want the state to continue to get better and continue to have consistency, right? And then obviously, like I said, with the girls growing, that's the key thing. But that is our, that's our mission. That's one of our mission statements at OWA. So and like I said, we got kids that feed to different high schools around Edmond, Oklahoma City. we got some kids that in Tuttle that were part of our OWA program as well. So we want to continue that, and uh, we want to continue to help make the state of Oklahoma better. And, you know, I think we're doing a good job, along with many other folks out there that are doing a good job as well. You know, and you see that with the amount of numbers that we take to Fargo on the girls' and boys' side, how we compete at Fargo on the girls' and boys' side. Do we win it every year? No. Are we competitive? Yes. Are we in those blood round matches? Yes. That's all you can ask for. Give yourself a chance to be in that position. Right now, after that, that's the beautiful thing about wrestling. It's up to that athlete. As coaches in the corner, we can fight for them, but we know we can't wrestle for them. And some are going to have some highs and some are going to have some lows and they'll learn from those lessons. Right. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Yeah. So, talking about growing girls wrestling in the state or women's wrestling in the state, um, how much does it matter to have a representative there? I mean, is, is, you know, they don't necessarily have the person to look up to right now. That's from Oklahoma that you might have on the boys side with your Dayton fixes and your Sam Heiswinkles and those kind of folks. Mm-hmm. But, um, how important is it to get that in the next couple of cycles where you have a girl? I think, I think it's big. You know, they had some names out there. Obviously, I think Becca Leathers took a RTC job somewhere out of the state. I knew she was back here helping coach at Choctaw, and she also helped 
um, coached the girls team at, 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 at the duels last year as well. You know, obviously placed on the world level, um, national champ, so on and so forth. Uh, she was out in North Carolina training a few years back, but I think she's off doing different things. So that's definitely a name. And there's some other young ladies out there too that are up and coming, right? Um, and these, these, like my daughter, for example, will be looking up to those girls right now that are in high school. You know what I'm saying? Once she kind of starts learning a little bit more. This was her first year to wrestle. So, okay. you know, she's just scratching the surface on that as well. But, you know, there'll be some out there. There's going to be some up-and-comers out there. You know, we had some of them that uh, were national champions. Olivia Brown was a national champion for us a couple years back in Fargo. Um, she's off wrestling on the next level. So those young ladies will be the ones that, for instance, like my daughter, if she continues to wrestle and can look up to, regardless if she continues to wrestle or not, just what these young women are, are doing, you know, on our level in Oklahoma and definitely what our women are doing on the senior level. Cause I mean, that class is crazy deep from our Olympic team to our juniors, to our cadets. I mean, it's, it's crazy deep. It's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Well, and then four hours away, right over in Amarillo is where, um, Tamara Mensistock is right. Isn't she still right. over there? So it's yep, still pretty still, close. Yep. Um, how important is it for OSU and OU to get on this, uh, um, uh, women's wrestling, you know, train and, and get a program started? I think it's big. Obviously I don't know the ins and outs of it. Right. And, um, you know, cause there, there will be some talent here in the state of Oklahoma. You know, this was the, uh, the second year for the girls wrestling to be sanctioned. Um, you know, and they're getting better. We took our first year, the first year the girls went to Fargo, we took 13 girls. I think it was only a total of 10 because a few of them got hurt. Mm-hmm. Last year we were in the 30s, mid-30s maybe. Wow. Um, I'm expecting that number to jump to maybe 60 to 70 this year, if not more. You know what I mean? So it's awesome. it's growing. And, um, you know, uh, these coaches will be able, whoever those those women coaches are, when that time does happen, they'll be able to walk out their back door and kind of pick and choose who they want to get their program started. So it's, it's a definite plus, you know, and you see what these, these women are doing, man, they are, they are wrestling and it is continuing to grow, which is awesome. And I mean, even on the youth level, you know, my daughter could go to a tournament division one out there wrestling and she could have, you know, five, six, seven girls in her bracket, you know, and just getting her feet wet and, and, and enjoying it and getting better at it. And I plan on putting her in a couple of uh, clinics this year with, with, you know, specifically girls clinics this year. So she could maybe find a, a role model to look up to, you know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. I think that's going to be key as well. That, that's, that's what's cool about it. Yeah. Cool about it. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. And I know Coach Smith cares a lot about it and um, sees the importance of it. It's just a I guess it's just a no issue thing in that level. But uh, when are they going to be able to allocate some budget (laughs) to wrestling in general? Um, So how do you feel about, you know, pivoting off of youth wrestling? How do you feel about Oklahoma State Mm -hmm. moving forward? Um, You know, when's number 35 coming in your eyes? Yeah, you know, you'd always love to say click your heels together and say as soon as possible, right? But I tell you what, like we talked about earlier, wrestling's hard, Mm -hmm. right? And there's become so much more parity now in wrestling. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. Yes, you have your blue bloods, right? But everybody's good, man. And all these kids are getting better and they're going to different places. And if you look at these matches nowadays, whether it's come to quarter semis and finals, you know, they're all separated majority by one or two points, you know, and O-State started off the blocks extremely fast this year. Obviously, injuries and different things like that took effect, but they're still out there scrapping, right? And I'm a fan through and through. I've been in that room. I know what the highs are feel like. I know what the lows feel like. And I know what those guys are thinking on that team and or coaching staff. They want them to go out, compete hard, and let's see where these chips fall where they made this year, right? Um, you know, obviously, took some losses that we – as a fan and even as a coaching staff, they didn't want to take, but that's, that's this sport. <laughs> that is this sport. That is the, the humbling part about this sport. And it is becoming tougher because there's so many good daggone kids. The transfer portal has played a key in a lot of different things. I don't care whether it's football, but any college sport, but the transfer portal, it's played a fact because you got super duper seniors. You got super seniors. You got, 
do you have a free COVID year or whatever the case may be. So, you know, just like any coach, right, after this season gets done, well, they're going to be looking for the next one next year, 35 next year. If it doesn't have a next year, 36. So a lot of things got to go their way, right? You know, got to wrestle well, got to stay healthy, got to stay healthy, right? I think that's pretty much the dag near biggest key that you see, whether it's coming from the Big 12 or only Oklahoma State or just the Big 10 in general. Like, you got to try to stay, and let me rephrase that, as healthy as you can because, mm-hmm. you know, there's not anybody going in into this NCAA tournament this coming up weekend 100%. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like, I never went in that tournament 100%. And that's, once again, that's where this comes into play, and that's what I love about wrestlers is this part. So yeah. I will just be, I will be looking forward to cheering on my Cowboys. I will have all my gear. Uh, unfortunately not making it to Detroit this weekend, but hey man, I'm gonna be on them streaming services and root my dudes on. That's the daggone show. For sure. I think they're on uh all all mats are gonna be on ESPN plus for I think uh, so. If that's Thursday. if that's right what I saw, yeah. So I'll uh you know, obviously like we talked about, these streaming devices have changed the game, right? So I remember before before, before all the ESPN Plus, I'd be listening to, listening to Rex Holt, Roger Moore on, on 93.7, wherever the wherever the Nationals was at. And I'm trying to visualize of what's going on in the mat and how much time left and all that stuff. And, you know, yelling at the radio, clapping, hooting and hollering and so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, that's definitely been a, a big plus here over the past, what, three or four years. And you've gotten to be a part of that, right? You've gotten to call some of the matches at Big t- big t- uh, 12s and yeah. um, some of the other, you know, opportunities. How'd that come up? Okay. So I got a good buddy, uh, David Maricatani. He lives in the St. Louis area. So we had a chance to do, and he worked for track wrestling for a little while. And um, we had a chance to do junior duels together. We've actually done it about three to four times. We did the Perry tournament a couple of years together. And we've also done a tournament in uh broken arrow. And, uh, one thing led to another, and he's done a lot more stuff than I have. Like, he's done some of the things, satellite, like with the world team trials, the Olympic trials, and different things like that. So he's done a lot of that high-level stuff as well, international stuff as well. So he asked me, man, you know, hey, man, here's what I'm thinking. Would you like to do this? And I'm like, sure. I mean, I'd love to do it. So the first two years we did it, we had what's called the scramble cam, basically kind of like what you were talking about with NCAA. So it was the quad and we would like kind of talk about the whole overview of the big 12 tournament. And we did that for two years and we had four guys that was doing each mat by mat by mat by mat. Well, this year there wasn't the scramble cam. So we got to do mat side uh, commentating and I got to share time with uh, Brian Piccolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was the head coach of Mustang. He's got, you know, his boys are uh, both wrestling for uh, OU and his daughter plays soccer at Owish. And we've known each other for a long time. And that's really how I got into it, man. And I tell you what, I have a blast doing it, right? Obviously, there's a connection, not only with Oklahoma State, but there's a connection with the whole Big 12, right? Because I know the branches and the Teons and the Swabs and the, and the Flynn's and the Nickerson's and all these guys that are, you know, Obi Blanc, these guys that are coaches of these teams in the big 12. And obviously you have a connection there. You have a connection with OSU and bottom line, it's wrestling right here in our backyard, mm-hmm. you know? So it's been a blast to do. I really, really enjoy it. I want to co- continue to do it. Um, you know, this year, Coach Perry got the chance to do the finals, and I thought he did an awesome job, He did, yeah. you know, on it. I thought he did really, really well with that. So, you know, hopefully I'll try to do a little bit more. I'd, I'd love to try to do some of the home duels for OSU that are streamed on ESPN Plus eventually. So that's kind of my next step is to try to see if I can get my feet wet to do that just because of, like I said, the connection to the program um, and also what the program has done for me and what the program means to me and what those – wrestlers mean to me and the coaching staff and just Oklahoma State in general. I can't think I could get any more excited about Hardell Moore and Leroy Smith on a call together for uh, LSU <laughs> home duels. I think that would be a great. Jay Carl does a great job. Jay Carl does a great job. And that's, you know, Jay Carl's done it for, you got to remember now, Jay Carl's been doing it since I wrestled because mm-hmm. he would always, 
And he always would mess with us. He would mess with me and Teague, obviously last name Moore, Hardell Moore, Teague Moore. And he would call me Teague and he would call Teague Hardell. And matter of fact, I saw him at Joe's after the Lehigh duel and he brought that up. But, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk to him, but I'd love to sit down with him and be like, man, how can I be a part of this? I just, I don't know. I, I have a passion for it. Obviously my energy level is for it. I know the sport. I know Okie State and I just think it would be awesome. Yeah, I think so too. I think we can definitely uh, uh, get you in touch with um, uh, the folks there who handle that kind of thing at OSU. I know they produce it, right? So they yeah. just send it to ESPN. I think that's how it works. So I think we gotcha. can probably make that happen. Um, gotcha. At least get you in touch with the right people. Who knows what happens? There you go. There. Then it becomes well, just selling the right yourself. direction. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, cool. So, um, you know, We've hit a lot of things here. I think uh, uh, one thing I really wanted to ask, this is really kind of sourced from a, a group of people, but who was the meanest wrestler that you competed against in your career? Competed against meanest? Ooh. I mean, they're obviously this is probably a scapegoat answer. Or I don't know how you want to say it. They're all mean in their certain sense. I'm trying to say just meanest. I don't know. I mean, I necessarily didn't have anybody trying to gouge my eyes out, fish hook me or whatever the case may be. Um, meanest. That's a good one because I really don't have any. I may have, I could say, I could say one of the, I, I could say this. Alan Freed was one that never got tired. I can say that. And not saying the other guys didn't, but he had a different, that dude had a different gas tank, man. Yeah, he had an absolute different gas tank for the folks that aren't familiar with Alan Freed. Like the dude's gas tank was, I mean, the longer the match went, seemed like the stronger that dude got mm. in all due respect. So I don't, I, like I said, I don't have a meanest, but someone that I knew I was getting ready to wrestle. I'm like, man, this is going to be about a long, it's going to be a long 30 minutes. Yeah. It could be a long seven minutes. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Sure. yeah. I, the way people talk about Alan Freed, uh, is it's like, he's a, a ghost or something, you know, uh, <laughs> they, 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 he, there's all this lore around Alan Freed, his, uh, Ohio, a career in Ohio yes. and high school yeah. and then at Oklahoma state and at the senior level and everything, he, uh, yeah. they, they talk about him like he's a ghost. So I, Freed, I Freed was something special, man. Yeah. It was, it was a pleasure. I was, he was only there for my red shirt year. But I tell you what, I learned a lot from that dude about work ethic and, and being a pro, right? Like that dude was, that dude clocked in, man. He clocked in, no doubt. So what would you say is your, um, you know, biggest piece of advice for uh, whether it be a kid coming up? Well, let's do this. For a kid coming up and wrestling today, maybe they're, you know, they've gotten the fundamentals there in high school. Um, what's your biggest piece of advice for them to kind of take their career to that next level? Be consistent with what you're with what you're doing. Be consistent with your training. Um, be consistent with your mindset. You know, because I tell my kids and my son included, like I want my son to continue to jump levels each and every year. Right? Like everybody's going to jump levels at different at a different pace, and it may not be the biggest jump in the world, but those it's those little bitty victories. But be consistent in what you're doing. Um, like I said, your training, your thought process, your mental talk, whatever the case may be. And also keep working on the things that got you to that point. And if there's a problem area that you know you have during this time, quote unquote, this spring and summertime that's coming up, that's where you work on those areas, right? Obviously, a lot of them are doing freestyle and Greco, but you're going to be in that room. You could spend an extra 10 or 15 minutes on that problem area, getting more shots off, working more on bottom, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things that I, that I like to say. And it's not like anything you got to try to kill yourself right now and go crazy with it right now. This is summertime, a perfect time to get better. And it takes that time. So when season does roll around, come, you know, those September and Octobers and maybe some preseason things that you're getting ready to do, you'll be ready for it. And not saying it's going to work right off the bat. Right. And if it doesn't, what does that tell you? Go back to the drawing board. Yeah. See, what, see what you can clean up. Wonderful. And for maybe a parent that's, you know, just trying to set proper boundaries with their yeah, kid and, yeah. and doesn't necessarily know how to get them to be better, but, you know, wants to just, you know, love them into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now from once again, from my level, from the youth level, 
that I tell the parents and I tell them, I tell them every year, and I even tell my open parents this, we don't get caught up in the wins and losses, right? That's not, that's zero of my concern. I don't care if they win. I don't care if they lose. Now, when they do lose, I expect them to act like good young men and young women, right? So two things we worry about, our attitude and our effort, right? Our attitude and our effort. And there's four core values that we go by in our room, and that's positivity, humility, integrity, and hard work. And I want to do that as well as my other coaches lead by example. And I want that to bleed into our parents and into our kids. Right. So I tell the parents to make sure they remember that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you wrestle, your child's different than you. Don't live through your child. Let them find their own path. Let them do their own thing. Right. They may not be as aggressive as that parent was when they wrestled and or skilled as that parent was when they wrestled, but they'll find it. And you as a parent, you got to learn how to deal with that too. Love on them. Right. And for me, I've been doing it for a while and I try to think I do a pretty good job of it with my son. Right. I understand that there's, I, I try to look at it at that 10,000, 15,000 foot, foot view. Like we talked about earlier. It's not about now. It's not about now. It's about on down the line. And that's one thing. If I could put into any, quote-unquote parents head regardless if they've wrestled or not is it's going to take it's patience man parents you have to be patient with these kiddos because they are kiddos and these on this on this youth level they could be winning a match 14 to 2 and do something crazy and fall to their back <laughs> and get yeah. in you know that ha that's happened at, at the college level for that matter you know yeah. so you know it's not the end of the world it's little league wrestling nobody's getting signed to a scholarship and anytime soon down on this level. Yeah. It'll be easy with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've been saying, I think that's what happened to Dustin Plott in that you and I duel. <laughs> right? He was being well, aggressive. Well, yeah, you know, he was, he was being aggressive. Uh, hit a nice swing single shot. And uh, Runya did a good job countering. Yeah. You know, he did a good good job countering. And I think by the time um, D. Plott realized that, he was like, daggummit, I'm in a cradle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Anybody could be pinned on any given time. And, yep. you know, he got, he, got to, he got to write that wrong at Big 12s yep. and Russ was solid and was aggressive. But that was uh, – and that's kind of what I was talking about. Anybody can get beat at any given time. Runyon's not a bad wrestler. Runyon can wrestle. Absolutely. Schwab or coaching those guys up. And Deepak was controlling the match. I think it was – I mean, it was 3-1 to one at that time or something like that. Something you know, like and he's that. back in and getting ready to score again. And Runyon did a good job countering and, um, you know – and, and and if you noticed in Big 12, when Deepot was in that position again, he finished there. He didn't sit. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yep. those are those little adjustments that make a big difference in these matches. So, Absolutely. you know, kudos to both those guys. Both great competitors. So last question here, Hardell, and then we'll let you go. Uh, what's your why? What gets you up every morning? Uh, what is my why gets me up every morning, man? It's uh, It's my family. First and foremost, they get me up and get me moving. The man upstairs, what he's blessed me with. Um, my upbringing, right? Like I tell people this all the time. Uh, people ask me, man, were you, were you scared of Coach Smith? Were you scared of Coach Perry? No, not really. I wasn't scared of Coach Smith. I wasn't scared of Coach Perry. I was scared of Ernest and Margaret Moore, <laughs> my parents, right? Like, I was I was afraid of Coach Smith having to call them and say, "Man, you you can't you won't believe what Hardell's up here doing." Nah, man, that wasn't gonna happen. So my upbringing, that the core values that my mom and dad instilled in me, is still in with me and will be with me to this day. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's those are my whys, right? And then also trying to make a a positive impact in this world, mm -hmm. regardless if it's on the wrestling mat or not. Now, majority of it is, right? Because I've been coaching for 23, almost 24 years. Mm -hmm. But when people see me off the mat, I want them to realize, man, not only is Hardell Moore a good coach, man, that dude is a great dude, right? I'm positive. I try to give you as much healthy information as you can. And I just want people to be uplifted, man. Be some good people, be kind. So, those are my wives, man. I've been blessed enough to to fulfill some of those 
through the sport of wrestling, through OWA, and just be able to be a small part in some of these young men and young women's success on and off the mat. And being able to still reach out to them and text message them and call them and or they call me and let me know how they're doing, like that is, that brings a smile to your face, man. And you like, yeah. we did something right here. You know what I mean? Like we did something right here for sure. For sure. Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah, well, it man. sounds like yeah. you you definitely are uh, doing that and have been doing it for a while with uh, some of the guys that have come up un- from under you. You know, I, I know that there's uh, uh, people think really highly of the young men that are, you know, uh, Boo Lou Allen and and Caden Gefeller and Austin or Derek White and Austin Shaver, all yeah. those guys. Uh, everybody speaks very highly of them. So um, that's not by accident. I don't imagine. <laughs> so, I hope not, man. I hope not. Like I said, always in the corner, even when I'm not in the corner and. You know, I used to tell a man, you know, when I was, see, I started at 20, what I, I started coaching dudes at 23, 22, 23, and they used to call me old, right? Mm-hmm. They called me old back then. Now all them dudes is, you know, my nephews are 25, booze in that range. You know, I uh, got some other guys, you still 22, 23, you know, <laughs> and I laugh at them now. I'm like, yeah, I'm still old than y'all. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> y'all remember when y'all used to call me old when I was your age now. Definitely. Where can people find you, Ardell? Um, so uh, the Oklahoma Wrestling Academy is uh, OklahomaWrestlingAcademy.com. Um, um, our academy is located at 6725 Miramar Boulevard. Like I said, we are a nonprofit 501c3 program. Uh, we do have an Oklahoma Wrestling Academy uh, IG and Facebook page. And then also... Hardell Moore on uh, IG and obviously Hardell Moore on Facebook. But yeah, man, we're out here just trying to make the state better, make some kids better, and obviously do this great sport of wrestling. But more importantly, when they get done with this sport, because, you know, we all cannot wrestle forever. We may be in, in it forever, but we can't wrestle forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that they got something that they can fall back on. Go get that education. Make sure you don't burn any bridges because you never know when you're going to have to cross them again. Um, you know, and especially in this sport, because it's a, it's a small world. It's a small, it's a small, small world. world. It's a small mm-hmm. world, man. So, you know, got to make sure who you, who you're talking to, what you're saying to that person. And it's, 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 it's uh, all positive and upbeat, my man. So I hope that helps. And like I said, man, I appreciate you getting me on here. This is a uh, near and dear to my heart just because it's from my alma mater as well. And obviously you live in Texas, but I see you rocking that beautiful O state hat on today and got your tight mercury sweatshirt on. So you, yeah. you almost, <laughs> You almost ready to go for NCAA's on a Monday already? Heck yeah, I'm I'm uh you know flying out on Wednesday to get up there to yeah. Detroit. So we'll be up there and uh, and then we'll be in Tulsa and and next year and yeah, Kansas Tulsa, City the year after Kansas City the year after. Yeah, so I'll uh I'll, I'm taking my son next year. He went to the one. I think it was the last one here in Oklahoma City. I think that's the year. Did Johnny win it that year or Chris? Chris Johnny Chris no, Chris and Chris uh, won it that year. Daringer. Uh, Dan Ringer wanted. Yeah, my son was in the – he was two. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Did. So, you know, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to make those trips to uh, Tulsa, Kansas City, and then uh, I know it's Philadelphia, and we'll probably hit Cleveland up as well. I think those are yeah. like the next four locations, so – yeah, yeah, Cleveland. I, my wife uh, is a big fan. Like some of her best friends live in Cleveland, so I, we, oh, we're really? definitely going to that one. But okay. uh, awesome. I can't get out of awesome. that one. But we, my my dad and I, try to go every year. And uh, That's Cleveland. Awesome. I'm hoping Cleveland will be the first one that I get to take my son to. So okay, uh, how old is he? Oh, he, he will be born in September. <laughs> All right, there you <laughs> go. The yeah, man. It so. it is the. It's like I try to tell people, man. I've said if you've never been to NCAA's. It's the method, you know, I kind of, uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you here while we're on here. Like I boycotted it <laughs> like, uh, three or four years after I got beat, okay. right? I got beat in the finals. And uh, as a matter of fact, it was in Cleveland. Yeah. And I, I told, I, I, I was like, man, I stayed in contact obviously with O-State, but my mom and dad would ask me every year, Hardell, you want to go? I was like, nope. Hardell, you want to go? Nope, nope, nope. Well, I finally went, I think it was a year it was in Kansas city. And I think that's when it probably hit me that I appreciated what I accomplished, mm-hmm. right? Like sitting up in the stands because as an athlete, you don't get to experience that, right? You wrestle, you go back down in the tunnel, you change clothes, you go to the hotel, you eat, you rest. And that's repetitive for three days, right? You very rarely get to see your teammates wrestle. It's probably a little bit different now with a lot of the technology for sure, but that's what it was. They would shuttle us back and forth. 
And then when I finally got to go sit in the stands and be a spectator of it, after competing in it, I was like, it's a pretty big deal, man. It's a pretty big deal. You had, I had, I appreciated it a lot more after I was done. Yeah. After I was done. And, you know, obviously just to watch the O-State fans, the way they travel, regardless of where it's at, you know, I'm forever grateful for the O-State fans because it's, uh, you remember the old school white jacket club and then the, the alumni and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I appreciate all the support that, that I get then and that I get now from a lot of the O-State folks, man. It's it's greatly appreciated. Yeah. Well, hey, that's what I'm, you know, again, just trying to accomplish here, trying to get it connected to a, a bit of a younger audience and get people to yeah. really understand. Hey, peel away from that basketball for Friday night and you, one time <laughs> and you'll be hooked. Seriously. It's uh, the hey. best sport. It's the best sporting event in the in the world. I mean, it's everything. Well, well, especially when, uh, you know, that last battle of Pistol Pete brought out the shotgun. He didn't have his pistol. That dude brought out that shotgun on that mm-hmm. one. And just, you know, and even... Even to have, and that's one thing about Bedlam, right? To have whatever it was, 7,000 fans in there watching Bedlam, that's what the state of Oklahoma needs, Yeah. right? Yeah. Because there are some connections there with some of these, these guys from the state of Oklahoma, Yeah. right? You get to watch them in high school, and then you get to watch them compete on this level. And even the kids that are from out of state, it just, it still makes the state better, Yeah. right? It still makes the state better. It was a great atmosphere, Obviously, great match came down to the last last uh, last weight. So yeah, you know, competitive we'll, we'll, bedlam is important. Competitive bedlam is important. You know, you get to see the coaches go back and forth and so on and so forth. So yeah. you know, yeah. we'll just keep, keep trying to do our thing to keep supporting these cowboys, man. Cowboys, yeah. cowgirls, just the whole O State family. That's for sure. Yeah, what a, it, it's a chicken and egg thing, right? If the fans come, then they'll invest in it, and if they invest in it, more fans will come, and we just gotta. That's right do what we can do to uh, grow it. And that's, that's, that's right. really what we're trying to accomplish here with this thing. So I appreciate that's you coming awesome. on and, and kind of kicking off our guest here. I think this will come out after instant delays, but um, okay. we'll, uh, yeah, we'll um, let you know and uh, we'll go from here. So I'm, I'm really excited awesome. uh, to, to have had you on. Thanks so much for the time and uh, hopefully no. we can get you on again soon. Yeah, man. Anytime you need me, brother. Like I said, you just reach out to me, man. Anything to okay. anything to do for O State, I'm always here. Appreciate it, Luke. Okay. Thanks, brother. Will do. Thank you. Talk soon. Hi, bud. Hi, bye, bye.